what is going on everybody welcome to the greatest combat sports and coach show the entire universe of the fight podcast i am your host the underground king serge vicente and this is episode 240 a little bit of an election day special uh for our morning morning coffee and fight news and uh today usually i do these episodes solo man but uh it, it's been a long time um you know my man's had a birthday he was out there vacationing and whatnot, you know, out on, you know, remote locations. We couldn't talk to him about it. So we we have my man's coming back today. The guru, B-Cam, Brandon Camille, man, he is back today. We're actually going to go ahead and let, let, let's, before I get into that, man, let's talk about what is on today's menu. On today's menu, we're going to go ahead and talk about Arguably the knockout of the year, man. We're going to talk about Tank Davis and his win versus Leo Santa Cruz. We are also going to talk about another legend, pretty much peacing out, man, retiring. Um, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But we'll talk about Anderson Silva and his bout against um, uh, Uriah Hall. We'll talk about that. Um, we're going to go ahead and talk about all the fights of the weekends. Usyk, pretty much his... his show at the top of, um, of the heavyweight division and so much more. Arguably the number one pound for pound anyway. The monster was out there as well. So we have so much fights to talk about. Uh, Deontay Wilder losing his mind. Israel Adesanya possibly going into 205 and so much more. But to break all of this down and more, I got to bring the man, the myth, the legend, the guru, B-Cam on the show. Brother, welcome to the oh, oh, Hold up. There we go. Welcome to the Fight Podcast. You, you, had me, you had me stuck in purgatory for a quick second. <laughs> yes, Yo, but uh, yeah, appreciate, appreciate you having me. Happy to be back. It's a lot we have to talk about. You know, it's been a couple weeks for me. And um, how about this? I got a, a, new, a new manager. I got moved to a new team at work. Same job, but a new team. So I have a new manager. New manager happens to be a boxing fan. He's like, hey, hey he wanted to introduce himself to me. So he's like, hey, I'm a boxing fan. And I listened to your show. I was like, whoa. It's like, what episode did you listen to? And how many times did I say nigga? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't want to know what he thinks about me. If that's the case, is, is, it a, is it a white boy? Of course it's a white boy. He oh, cool, man, though. I'm he cool. A, all right. He, he's an ally. I ain't mad. I, I'm, he seems to be an ally. All right. Uh, okay, look, if he listens to this show, he has to be an ally because I go off the rails. <laughs> it, it's cool. We're going to come up, back. Man. Well, look, um, but look, before we get into the fun stuff, uh, let's start off real quick on a serious note. Yo, today is the day. Today is November 3rd. Everybody listening, make sure if you have not done so already, go out and vote. Look, man, there's still half the country that you could actually, even if you have not registered to vote, first of all, I don't know what planet you're on, but if you have not registered to vote, some uh, counties and states, you can go out there and still do that. Get your ass out there. Vote. Um for honestly for democracy because we have a fascist dictator in office and he is going to wild the fuck out if he wins once again so let's go out here people uh make sure you go out there and vote i voted um for me i voted obviously with my absentee ballot i'm not currently in chicago my beautiful beautiful hometown i'm out here in la you know just soaking up a little bit of sun and uh you know that that's how it's been going for me, brother. How's it been? How's the experience are, for you so far? Are they boarding up in LA? Oh, of course, of course, man. Every major city's boarding up, man. Um, for those because I think, and and, I, and I'll say this: I think a lot of people. Shit, this is a fight podcast. We we can talk about whatever the hell we want. 
um, especially when it comes to this. But I, I think the world understands. I think people know. And I, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, if Trump wins, you don't think you have to worry about Democrats going out there and, and fucking the city up. Um, I think you have an opportunity for Trump people wilding out if Trump wins. I also think there's a possibility of people wilding out if Trump loses also. So I think both common denominators is that the people on that side have an opportunity to wild out, win or lose. And I think that's why people are locking everything down because I think there's a big possible probability that he will lose. So, and I was speaking to you about this yesterday and I spoke to a couple other friends. I don't necessarily think it's like a win or a loss, but I think the U.S. is so used to a peaceful transfer of power. And I think if Trump loses or if he's losing and decides to challenge different election results and to take it into court so he can. So uh, I guess Nancy Pelosi will become the acting president until everything gets figured out. But Republicans would essentially stay in power. And that's where you, I think you run the risk of people being angry. But a clean win on either side, I don't necessarily think see things being that bad. Um, especially if, if Trump wins, I'm, I'm looking at everybody like who didn't vote, who didn't vote. I'm angry, man, but I'm not going man. to protest. I'm just going to, I just need to find you. I'm angry. Who didn't vote? Who voted for Kanye? Like all y'all niggas see me. <laughs> I, I, I peep, I peep buddy, uh, his IG or not her IG is Twitter. I don't follow him on Twitter, but enough people who I do follow repost his, his, his madness. You, you don't, you don't get a choice on Twitter. You don't have a choice on Twitter. <laughs> you don't. You barely have a choice on Instagram, but you definitely don't have a choice on Twitter. So uh, I, I, I peeped that buddy said for the first time in his life, he voted and he voted for himself. And I was like, this man is a narcissistic dumbass. Like, like I, did you have an opportunity to check him out on Rogan? No, I saw it happened. And... Yeah, I've been trying to get away from some of the dumb shit. And I, I do want to listen eventually. Joe Rogan's interviews are usually typically pretty good. But I mean, I've seen a, a ton of Kanye's interviews. They tend to be pretty similar. Just is what it is. Kanye's Kanye. He's going to continue to say the same things. And Absolutely. if you allow him to piss you off, then he will. Or you can just ignore him and not vote for him. But I saw someone in Florida, like a black person in Florida voting for Kanye. And Florida being a swing state, like that hurt my heart. Like, nigga, I know you went to an HBCU you know and you are out here voting for Kanye. Stop. Well, let, 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 let's not Stop. That because Florida is one of those places and I'm not trying to trash all of Florida because some there's some amazing people there. But, yo, Florida's rough, bro. That That is like the townie of America. OK. Uh, it's one of those. Is this one of those states, man? And nothing will surprise me that comes out of that state. To be honest with you, now I will say this: this seems like the first time in history that that's an opportunity. Not in history, but this is the first time in a very long time that there's an opportunity for Florida seemingly to possibly go blue. Um, there's also an opportunity. Ooh, didn't they go blue for one of the Obama wins? It, that's what's in a while. I think the first okay. one they did. The second one, I don't believe they did. Uh, but uh, Texas is one that they say there's a huge possibility that it actually goes blue. And if Texas goes blue, you can cancel Christmas. It's over. You got Cali, you got Texas, you got Illinois, you have New York. Don't Everybody else doesn't matter if you get that, realistically speaking. you know, It seems like Michigan is going to flip back the other way. It seems like Ohio is going to go. Um, it seems like he's losing all the swing states. And if he loses the swing states, I mean... It, Sergio, it, it, I'm, I'm going to just ask you. We Honestly... 
we should probably just move on because this is probably at this at this time four years ago niggas probably said the same thing you're like yeah well, no, well, no, no, no. I, i'll say this I, i'll say this a lot of individuals especially the shows that and stuff that i watch um everybody who aroused they were saying that trump was going to win last time so i was even talking about him winning last time and uh yeah yeah a lot of people but remember i'm mad progressive so i'm watching like progressive news and shit like that and they were like, I don't know, bro. Like, it, for real, like, election so, day, they were like, man, like, I don't see it. I think he going to win. <laughs> so it's 3 o'clock Eastern time right now, uh, around noon your time. Yeah. Four years ago, at 3 o'clock Eastern time, mm-hmm. Democrats were solid. We were damn, well, we were, here, we were popping a little champagne. Here, here, here's it was thing, around here's 7, 8 o'clock that, uh, that we were like, huh, this doesn't, uh, things are going a little, are, are going a little bit differently than we thought they would go. You know, this isn't as easy as it should have been. Exactly. But even at eight o'clock, we still didn't feel like we would lose. I did. Like I said, it. ten p.m. came around, and niggas were like, "Wow, this is a uh, this is this shit has started to turn really bad." Yep. And you see the energy I'm on already. It's uh, look, it is what it is, man. Um, I think a lot of us are. It is a lot of people are stressed out today. Um, only thing I will say is this: be safe. Make sure you go out there and vote, and uh, and check in on your loved ones, man. Check in on everybody who you care about. Make sure everybody's doing it. I see there's a whole lot of madness out there, man. But uh, I think if everybody does this, works together, um, I, I see this being a positive thing, man. We can this can truly be a positive thing, and just a step in getting rid of buddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, we really need to get rid of buddies, especially on the world stage, um, just because we can't continue looking like assholes <laughs> on the world on the world level, man. And uh, and I think just for the safety of, you know, just democracy as a whole, uh, I mean, look, man, I think a lot of us, and I'm sure people, because, yo, B, I have been getting crushed on social media by the... Uh, by the uh the, the right-leaning listeners of our show which is seemingly like we have some now salute to you guys i appreciate how it. you how you feel if you got more right-leaning listeners than left-leaning listeners it's like a i feel like it's a like a rapper Floyd Mayweather joint. i feel like it's like a, a rapper that got a lot of white fans that sing along with the lyrics and they're knowingly saying nigga at your performance that, like how do you, you know, feel about that as a rapper look man I, i'll be honest with you for me it's funny because I have been getting trolled over the last like week and a half. I, I getting called everything under the book, right? Um, this one dude called me ignorant, right? Something about my ignorance, and it was it, it made me laugh because he spelled ignorance wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you gotta come for somebody, make sure your grammar's correct. Because the worst thing you can do is like get really mad at somebody. And they just reply to you with the with your word correction and a little star. That's it. Oh, I did. I said, I was like, I said, so what word is the word he spelled, how he spelled it? I said, oh, wise one. Since I'm the idiot, what word is this oh, wise one? Twitter is a wild place. It is such a wild place. And you know what's crazy? It's not as wild as it once was. That's the crazy thing about it. Twitter was once truly the wild west. So, I mean, hey, it, it, it's not where it once was, man. It's crazy. Look, we all did our thing, man. But look, let, let's go ahead and talk about the real business at hand. Fuck all these elections. Presidential, you know, 
presidents may change, but Wu Tang is forever, and so is this fight game. So let's let's go ahead and talk about man this past weekend. Holy shit, man! This past weekend, Tank Davis, Javante Tank Davis goes out there and KOs Leo Santa Cruz in arguably a lot of people were saying it knockout of the year, top three definitely, but it's definitely knockout of the year uh, for in a lot of people's books. Brandon, you've seen the performance. What are your thoughts just right off the bat of this performance, man? Did he live up to your expectations? He did live up to my expectations. There were certain areas in the fight where I would have wanted him to be a little bit more active, but let's call it what it is. Leo Santa Cruz is a volume puncher, and that's always going to happen in any of his fights. But I think he fought well. He looked good. He landed the shots he needed to land, and he was he attempted to land that counter uppercut for all six rounds. And he finally landed it in the sixth round. And in the fashion that he landed it, I fully blame Leo Santa Cruz. He left himself out there through essentially the same punch three times back to back and allowed and gave chance a time to, sorry, gave tank a chance to adjust and put him to sleep. I think tank did an amazing job. He lived up to expectation worth the price of admission. And we potentially saw a pay-per-view star being born. Because it's one thing to have your first fight on pay-per-view get a decisive win a la Jermall Charlo. A very decisive win. He looked very good. Decisive. But it's another thing to get on pay-per-view for your first time and get arguably the knockout of the year that is immediately viral on social media. And unlike MMA, shit, they let that shit go viral. They they not taking nobody down. They, they post in the same day. Immediately, yeah. you so it doesn't matter what the numbers are for the fight. Because Tank posted that knockout, and at this point, it has about 2 million views. That's important for Tank, important for the sport of boxing, and I think he absolutely lived up to expectations. Good job, Tank. We didn't know if he would make weight. He made weight. We didn't know how he would look in the wing, in the ring, if he would be weight drained. He looked great in the, in the ring. You really can't criticize him here. For all the criticism that we give Tank, there's nothing bad to say about him today. Take a shot, young man. You did a great job. Man, look, I... I'm with you, bro. Uh, in terms of his performance, I think Tank did his thing. I think he performed. I think he's exciting as he is, as much praise as we're going to give him, and I'm going to give him. Um, he's exciting because he's vulnerable. Um, I, I don't know how you had it. In my mind, he was losing the fight. He was coming on a little bit, but he was definitely losing. I think Leo Santa Cruz, because he's such a value, and, and, and let's let's not take anything away from, from Tank's performance, because Leo did not just come there to show up. Leo was trying to win that fight. He went in there to win. And when you have, and that's what makes these great fights. And you rarely see two guys, again, especially somebody who a lot of people looked at as an opponent, go out there to actually win the fight. And that is something that Leo Santa Cruz absolutely did. He went out there to win. Um, we've never seen Gervonta as lumped up as he, ever, as he was after that fight. He had some bruising and stuff. He took some big shots. Even the, the sequence where he got knocked out, which I completely agree with you, he shouldn't have gone to the well three times in a row with that one. Um, because especially if you look at what Tank did, Tank squared up with him, had his left hand, which is his lead hand forward, and essentially just uncorked with all of his might with his biggest punch on his strong hand side and uh, landed a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful knockout. So I, I give him I give him props for making those adjustments. I give him props, but I think what makes Tank as entertaining as he is um, is because of his vulnerabilities. And one thing that I noticed, and one thing that I was saying is that, yes, he has that power, but now what I'm questioning is, does he legitimately have the skill set 
to beat guys at the higher level because when I saw him perform, it's not like his skill set blows me away. It's not. He has some big holes in his game, but I think that's also one of the aspects that make him so entertaining, and that's why people are going to watch him in terms of pay-per-view stardom. Now, I'm going to ask you, what gaps did you see in his skill set? Because to me, he fought the fight that he needed to fight against against a Leo Santa Cruz. He doesn't move his head, you know, all that well. Um, He still stays a little bit more. He squares up, I think, more than a lot of times we would like him to. Also, one of the biggest things about him, for me at least, and again, this is my opinion and my opinion alone, he, he is willing to take risks. And because he is willing to take risks, he allows himself to be open. So he allows himself to end up being caught, and which I appreciate. And that's why I think he's one of the most entertaining guys that we have in the sport and one of the most entertaining guys in the weight class um, or even pound for pound wise entertainment value. Um, but it's because he has an opportunity to also get caught because he's, he's willing to take that much risk. Um, so he, there's an opportunity to be countered. You know, he's very susceptible to that. And again, I'm not saying that in any negative capacity. I think that he he's great. And I think there's nothing negative I'm taking away from it. I'm just saying those are the things if I have to break it down analytically. Now, I will say this. I think he was he he knew that from the beginning of the fight that he could take Leo Santa Cruz's power. So he was Philly shell, not as much moving his head most of the fight. However, he did have some really good sequences on the ropes where he was moving his head. He was parrying a lot of punches. And, you know, Leo Santa Cruz would come forward five, six, seven shots and maybe land one. So I think he fought the fight that he needed to fight against Leo Santa Cruz. And he did. And he, he got away with things that he knew that he could get away with in that particular That's fight. Not sure. Not sure how it, how it looks at 35 with some of the bigger punchers. Maybe he can't yeah. take those punches. But on this night, he, he did what and, he needed. And, and to. I, I hear what you're saying, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not by any stretch. I hope I'm not coming off like I'm crushing him for his performance. Um, I, I can't lie. Even um, I was on somebody else's show. Why am I blanking? But on uh, last Friday, all, all the motherfucking shows stacking up, bro. <laughs> hey, we're working on it. We're working on it. But um, I actually did pick Tank to win. Um, and, what? and I know I did. I did. What? I did Tank to win. Um, and the only reason I picked Tank to win is just because it did boil down to power for me, and and I just felt like at the end of the day he was gonna end up catching him. Uh, and and that's what ended up happening. I think Leo though, but again. I had Leo winning the fight, and I thought Leo was performing well. And for a moment, it seemed like Tank's power wasn't getting to Leo. So I'm looking at the fight. I'm like, dude, I was excited. I mean, dude, even in that round, that, that was an exciting, that was an action-packed round, give and take on both guys' parts, man. It was really, I mean, I just want to say, the performances on Saturday night, across the board, all sports, man, boxing, MMA, yo, just some amazing performances this past weekend. Holy shit. What was going on on Halloween? Like Halloween was a fight holiday. Man, it what what a fucking fight holiday! People were going out there and performing. We saw scary fucking performances from some scary fucking dudes, man. Uh, what what a great time! I mean, like I literally Saturday was one of the most fun days I have had in such a long time. Just watching fights. I mean, straight through MMA and boxing, I was just I was loving life, man. It was great. I was at a Halloween party dressed up in a costume, streaming the fight on my phone. I, Tank gets a knockout. I'm like jumping up, screaming. I look around like nobody else is watching. I was like, all right. <laughs> People, all right. Don't care, <laughs> People don't care, but I'm telling you, that was one of those to care about. And, and I think it was a lot of fun. Now, this past weekend also, and again, we're going to go ahead and change gears. We're going to talk about Tank in, in a little bit. But what I do want to talk about 
is we had two more big pound for pound guys competing in this this past weekend in boxing. We're gonna go ahead and stay with boxing. We have MMA coming up also, but I want to stay with boxing real quick. We had Alexander Usyk perform this past weekend and ended up getting a, a, a big win against Derek Chisola. What were your thoughts on this? Because I'll be very honest with you. I can give Usyk the win. I think it was a lot closer than a lot of people anticipated, first and foremost. And, um, and at the end of the day, I personally don't b- believe that he can stand with any of the top three to four guys at heavyweight at this present moment in time. I don't, I just don't think he has the size. I don't think he could take the physicality. And um, he was just not, I wasn't, I was not impressed by his performance. So the question I'm asking you right now is, do you believe that Usyk can beat the top guys at heavyweight? Because I'm going to be honest with you. I, I generally do not. You, you just going to butcher his name below us. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a Y in there. It is but a Y in there. Do I think hey, he it can, is what it is? Do I think he can beat the top guys at heavyweight? When we're talking about the top guys, we're going to talk about who Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. Oh, let's throw in an Andy oh. Andy Ruiz, maybe a Dylan Dylan White, Luis Ortiz. Am I missing yes, anybody? All those guys, those guys. Okay, all maybe a couple of them on points, but I saw a lot of vulnerabilities on Saturday. And let's so, remember at the end of, at the end of the day, styles make fights. Not everybody's going to fight like Jarek Chisora. He's a relentless pressure fighter. However, he doesn't necessarily have he the power. He in good shape, and he came to fight, man. He really he put on a good performance. It was a lot of fun. It was a fun fight to watch. Derek Chisora's a fun fighter. Like, I'm going to go to you. I'm, I'm going to have you beat me and then go to your dressing room after with hamburgers so we can eat together. Like, he's a cool yeah. nigga. He he's cool. funny. He's, cool. he's, he's funny. funny. He's yeah. a character. He's good for boxing. But, I mean, in terms of what he was able to do against Usyk, none of, the, none of us expected that. I expected a pressure fight, but I expected Usyk to do a little bit more in terms of standing his ground. I knew he'd be able to box. I knew he'd be able to use his legs, which he did. But in moments, I expected him to stand his ground, especially as we got later into the fight. I expected him to stand his ground and really sit down on some of those shots. And when he hurt him, he sat down on that shot, but it didn't happen often enough. And it made you think, against some of the bigger guys at heavyweight, is he going to be able to make the adjustments? Is he going to be able to land the power shots needed to get them out of there? Because he can take Derek Chisora's power shots, who does not have one-punch knockout power. However, and you, can you get in there. Derek Chisola made it extremely uncomfortable for him. And you can see that just the sheer size. And that's what I'm saying. I'm with you 100%. Like, you have another one of these guys that's physical as Derek Chisola is, and is going to start bringing the power behind it also. I was thinking, for instance, Usyk find, uh, fighting like a Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz would eat, would eat him alive. Would eat him alive. Luis, I, I don't necessarily know that. A guy like Luis Ortiz, a guy like Tyson, Tyson Fury. A, or even a Dillian White. Even Dillian White, I don't know if he'll eat him alive. I just know that some of the shots that he was able to take against Derek Chisora, he's not going to be able to take it against some of the top fighters in the division because Derek Chisora just doesn't have that one punch knockout power. However, a guy like Louis, a guy like a guy like Louis Ortiz, he he has a whole different fighting style, and that's where I come to styles make fights. Because while Derek Chisora made it extremely uncomfortable with pressure fighting. Luis Ortiz, he's going to try to box you. And, or, and Usyk is a boxer. So we have to cons- consider that. I'm not sure what some of those other fights look like, but I think we're in agreement that Usyk didn't impress on Saturday. And while we I thought mean, that he might be one of the top guys in the, the division, 
it's not such a shoot anymore. And I, I just need to see it. I'm, I'm, I'm I would love to see some of those fights, but I just was not impressed on Saturday. And he is no longer in my top five. I mean, neither, neither is he. He's in mine, honestly. And um, what I want is this fight to him, knock, knock him out of my top five. I mean, he wasn't in my top five anyways, but he's, he's not in my top 10. either. I, I, he's just, I, and I felt not, this, I felt the same way. I didn't want to say it, but I mean, that might be a little bit harsh. He, he won the fight and he was, in my opinion, a top five impressed realistically. He, he didn't impress me in his last performance. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. What I wanted to, what I wanted to ask you is if, Tank's performance, as we talk about the pound for pound list, did that put him on your pound for pound list? As we talk about some of those names starting to move around a little bit. Now, um, no, it does not. It doesn't put him on my, on my top pound for pound list because Leo Santa Cruz wasn't in the top pound for pound either. He he's never he's been a, a verge pound for pound guy, but he's never been a top pound for pound guy, and he has too many nobodies on his record for me to give him that. Now, is he close? Yes. If he gets another win like this, yes. He'll be like, you know, anywhere. He'll be in the back half of my top 10. I, I'm with you, but I, I heard a guy put him ahead of, right ahead of Tiafimo Lopez. I'm like, all right. All right. That's ridiculous. All right. That's ridiculous. But I don't, I don't even think he's t- he's top 10 right now. He's, like like you, his level of competition just hasn't been there. And even Leo Santa Cruz, you know, a, a, a smaller guy you Man, came I down for. Him. I mean, four-time champion. I love Leo Santa Cruz. Solid, solid fighter, but he wasn't a top 10 pound for pound fighter. You had an amazing knockout and maybe that counts for something, but I don't quite think he's a top 10 pound for pound fighter with what some of these other guys are accomplishing right now. Yeah. And, I mean, and you can't definitely can't uh, rate him over Teofimo Lopez at this point in time. And you know what? I'm glad you actually brought that up because it brings me to my next question, because a lot of people are actually talking about this at this present moment in time. This is a fight that a lot of us think that could happen in the very near future. Who's better right now? OK, so let's you talk about who, who's better. Teofimo. I've also been battling with this all day. After we talk about who's better, I want to talk about who's the bigger draw. Okay, because well, it, I already, it, I already it, know who's the bigger draw. We can we can okay. talk about that first because well, let's, the big, wait, let's, I'll, I'll just give you my answer real quick. I, I think Tank's the bigger draw. I'm with you. You know, Tank's the bigger draw. Tank for some reason, Tank gets the culture. The culture loves Tank Davis for some reason. I don't know if it's the the you know the the Mike Tyson comparisons, uh, the Mike Tyson comparisons along with the 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 blessing of Floyd Mayweather. Whatever the combination is, hands down, is Javante Davis. He's it's a Floyd. bigger draw. It's, it's Floyd. Yeah, Floyd is next. Floyd is next to him, and Floyd is damn near still the biggest draw in boxing. If Floyd gets Absolutely. in the ring right, right now, yes. he's doing a million pay per view buys. So yes. Floyd standing next to him, being with him at all times, exactly. and then you combine yep, exactly, and then you combine that with him living up to expectations, putting on a knockout of the year performance in his first pay per view. That's why I think he's the bigger draw. But even prior to this weekend, if you hear guys talk about Tank, he's consistently drawn to multiple crowds. Baltimore, Atlanta. He's doing well. He's pulling in crowds. So now you have him on pay-per-view and delivering. Even though Tiafimo clearly has the bigger win, Tank just is the bigger draw for me. Now, if they fight at 135. And and real quick, for people who don't know, we're talking about Tank Davis, 24-0, 23 knockouts. Um, Teofimo Lopez, 16 and 0, 12 knockouts. Um, I'll be honest with you. Is Teofimo is in my top 10. Javante Davis is not. It should be. You, you know what I'm saying? I, he has the two wins that he has in his career are far better than the two big wins that Javante Davis has in his. It, it's not even close. You have a guy who was arguably the number one pound for pound guy in the sport in Lomachenko. And look, 
the the only thing you can say negative about Teofimo in that fight is that he lost the back half of that fight, but he did enough to still win. He won that fight and he was he showed a championship heart. He had to dig deep. We have yet to see Tank Davis have to even attempt to, to dig deep and fight. Teofimo showed us that he's a pound per pound type of guy. He's forced, he's he's been forced to adapt and grow and actually have these long fights. Um so we're 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 seeing a difference in competition as well there. So I can't say that. I mean, as of right now, who's better, Teofimo Lopez? If they actually fought against one another, who do I think will win? I think Teofimo Lopez will run through him like run oh, through him. Oh, oh, I think he would run through him like a hot knife through butter. I'm. I don't think he runs through him, but I'm going to give to Ed, the edge to Teofimo. I'm always. I'm very big on. I'm very big on. We have to see it. So we saw I, him beat. I we saw him beat Lomachenko. We saw a brilliant knockout against Richard Comey. But also one thing that I'd like to consider is that we have not seen Tank's power proven at 135 pounds. We have not. He wants 130, 135 pounds, and that same amazing knockout power that was clearly there when he's when he's been when he's fought at 130 pounds that was there this weekend. That wasn't there when he fought Gamboa at 135 pounds. Yes, he got the knockout in the 12th round, but that, it was not that same one-punch highlight reel knockout of the year power that Tiafimo has shown at 135. And that's going to be a big difference. Okay, so really, I, I, I love where your head's at. And I want to ask you this. Devin Haney fights this weekend. Oh, boy, I had it on my, I had it on my notes. Devin Haney competes against Gamboa this weekend. If Devin Haney comes out here and destroys Gamboa, is that a fight that you're calling for if you're Devin Haney? Uh, Fimo or Tank? Tank. I, I don't care. Just l- let all the horsemen Maybe. fight. They All I'm of those guys can fight. I don't care if it's Garcia. I don't care if it's Tank. I don't care if it's Tia Fimo. I don't care if it's motherfucking Elvis. Like, fight one of them. <laughs> like, fight I'm one of them guys. Fight those dudes. I, I love, I lo- first of all, Dude, how fun is between 140 and 135 or 145 or 147? Like, how it, fun? One, so, no, literally, between 130 and 147, 54. Proger got a knockout 60. this weekend. Good God, did he have a knockout this weekend. Why did he hit my mans like that? I mean, he missed weight. So, by so 1.2 pounds. Was, but, dude, he went out there and club buddy. That you know what? That's how you come back, though. Grand stay busy, fight. You, it's it's definitely a stay. But here's the thing: to this is to your point, and something that you talk about a lot. This is how you're supposed to handle those stay busy guys. You don't, you don't belong in the ring with me. You, you're not supposed to. And he went out there, and it was funny. I was watching it. With one of my buddies who's out, who doesn't know much about Rigaru, right? And he's like, "Man, this dude looks so good, but why doesn't he have his hands up?" I'm like, "Cause he doesn't respect, dude. He's about to." And sure enough, like the moment it was coming out. He knocked dude's face off. It, it just he didn't respect him. He knew he didn't belong in there, and he just walked him down and whooped his ass. Great performance by Rigaru. Also, though, in action this weekend. Um, now I have to ask you this. First of all, great that he signed by top rank now. Great that he was on ESPN. But yo, the monster was in effect on Halloween. Inua goes out there, gets the devastating knockout. Yo, is the monster Inua? Actually, number one pound for pound, regardless that he's 122 pounds or whatever it is, is he the pound for pound guy right now? 
Well, man, to your point, I think ESPN fucked him over a little bit. They could have staggered it a little bit better. They had him going off in the main event the same time as Tank. And I'm like, come on now. Like, you, you like if this is going to be his U- is, U.S. introduction, like, you, you need to give him his own airtime because he's surely a very impress, uh, impressive fighter and can really bring a lot of attention, uh, a lot of attention to that weight division. I don't even think he's afternoon. Is he fighting at one? Is he fighting at one twenty two? I think he's at one eighteen. I think you're right. I think it is at eighteen. And but okay, you think he's fighting at one eighteen? I want to talk about what's going on down there because there, there's a lot of exciting fights that really could happen down there. No one typically pays attention to that. And, and I, I understand why. Was listening. I'm, thank you. I'm glad you're actually bringing attention to these guys because I think a lot of times people look at the people who are that small like they're not interesting because there's no power there. Yo, first of all, anyway goes out there. This little Japanese dude is going out there knocking faces off. I've never seen this much power generated from weight class this small. It is incredible to watch. And skill-wise, I mean, dude, he knocked this dude out with like a six-inch punch. And I, honest and, and honest, he posted a video today of him practicing that same combination over and over and over. Yes, power power is there, but we're also talking about very, very high levels of boxing IQ as well. Now, now in a way, I'm not saying he will. I'm not predicting this, but you wouldn't be super surprised if he somehow followed like a man, a Manny Pacquiao path and made it up to some of those bigger weight classes. That's something that we could, we could see in the near future. Now, I, I love that you bring up this point about him potentially being pound for pound. Number one, no one wants to say that no one wants to give him that credit because it is so, so difficult for someone under 130 pounds to be considered pound for pound. Number one, but Chocolate if it was for a hot second, for a, for a hot second, when Floyd retired, but if it's going to be anyone, people had now in a way two, three, four pound for pound. So if you have Lomachenko losing, you have him moving up another, winning a belt in another weight division. You have Canelo being extremely inactive. You have Terrence Crawford wanting to take on another. So I mean, he he has a to me he has as much a claim to the to the top spot in the pound for pound list as anyone else. And people should seriously consider him. He that was a great knockout on Saturday, but another great knockout. He continues to deliver a, a, a solid, a solid, solid opponent. That was a solid opponent. People don't want to give dude credit, but it's a solid opponent that he just runs through. I mean, he literally. I mean, first of all, he was in a fight of the year last year, and again, this is one of the things that I think we really have to look at in terms of the guys that we talk for pound for pound. They're pound for pound for a reason, and the thing is, these pound for pound guys have to fight the best of the best. We saw him in a fight of the year last year where he fractured his orbital bone in the second round, continued fighting, and ended up getting a big win. Dude, the dude is incredible. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch. So let me... We we have a huge opportunity to see some really big fights for the little guys. At 100 and... 15 lips. Uh, 115 pounds for my lips. 115 pounds. I did. I did. I did. I I was hoping you didn't hear me. (laughs) I was like, 115 pounds. Um, We have the WBC champ, Juan Francisco Estrada. We have Roman Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, both at 115. Hall of Famer is still still potentially in his prime. You know, you took a couple knockouts. A couple days ago. 
well, he got a, he got a decision win, but it was still extremely, extremely impressive. Right there at 118 pounds, we have Nayo Inoue. Also, we have Guillermo Rigondeau at 118 pounds. We have John Riel Casimiro at 118 pounds. I believe he had a, he had a very impressive performance on the Charlo undercard undercard as well. So there's a lot of we have over there against dude. Oh my goodness! Louis, we have Louis Neary at 122 pounds. So it's a lot of these fights that can that can get made at you know anywhere from 115 to 122 pounds. And we're not talking about huge jumps in weight. We're talking about you know three to five pounds three per weight division. Pounds. It's very possible for all of those fighters. Yeah. So it's an exciting, it's an exciting time. Time in boxing. It really is an exciting time in boxing, man. And we're starting to see a lot of these matchups come to fruition. Um, we're getting enough of these guys in their prime. And really, like you said, it so literally from 122 pounds up to 160 pounds, yo, boxing is entertaining. Entertaining as fuck right now, man. I love it, man. Um, before we make this quick transition, man, anything else you'd want to talk about? Um <laughs> We have one more topic in boxing, but we're gonna bring to save that for a little bit of the end, a little, uh, a little bit more to the end of the show. Uh, talking about our guy, Deontay Wilder. I'll take it on the chain. That's my guy. My guy too. Uh, is you know, I, I I gotta claim him. I, I I claimed him. I bigged him up for this long, so I'm gonna big you up when you're wrong. But uh, you still my guy. But let's move on. Um, one of the other big fights I've been talking about. Um, the UFC put on another amazing show. They had an amazing fight in that card, and that card, holy shit, that card produced. Um, Bryce Mitchell goes out there and gets a big win against Andre Touchy Feely. That was a huge step up fight for him, and for him to actually get that that step up in competition was incredible. Um, but we we're all there to see the 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 legend, the man, the myth. We're talking about Anderson the Spider Silva, and this was really pretty much put up to end up being his final. Uh, match uh, in the UFC. Um, Dana said this is it for him. And again, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but shit, they don't do Anderson no fucking favors. Uh, his last couple of opponents have been some of the best guys in the sport. We're talking about Israel Adesanya. We're talking about Derek Brunson. We're talking about about I mean the guys that he's been in there with are the people that are at the very top of the division and he is still being competitive. So being 46 years old I think a lot of people were ready for it, but I don't I don't think I realized he was 46. I don't think I realized he was 46. Holy he shit. He's been doing it. Yes. And the thing about it is look man 45 in this fight even in this fight he's about to turn 46 I believe. Okay. So, but regardless, he's he's mid forties, competing against the top ten guys in the best organization in the world, and he is being competitive. So it was one of those things that you look at it. So he goes out there and um, he gets knocked out in the fourth round by Uriah Hall. Um, it was a brutal knockout. Uriah Hall catches him with a you know catches slips an angle, gets him on an angle, hits him with a big right hand at the end of the third round, lands some devastating ground and pound. Fourth round, he comes out. Anderson again just isn't quick enough anymore. Um, it, it's one of those things that you're able to look at. It's just he he the the timing and everything just wasn't there for him, and uh, and he ends up getting caught in a fight that he was extremely competitive in, in a fight that he was arguably winning in the first half of the fight. Uh, he goes out there, gets brutally knocked out, and um, and at the end of the day, man, it sucks um, for a lot of us, man, but, um, especially Anderson is one of the main reasons why I personally started watching the sport, but yo, 
You got an opportunity to watch it, man. Uh, what were your thoughts on the on the fight itself? Anderson Silver is absolutely a reason I started watching the sport. I remember being at my family's house and, you know, one of my cousins over there was talking about this UFC thing and MMA and this guy, a spider, Anderson Silver, and he's amazing. At this point, Anderson Silva is in his prime and I, he showed one of his highlight tapes and I was like, wow, this guy is amazing. And every fight I watched from there, he continued to deliver. So he be- easily became one of my favorite fighters. And I just is he not in the goat conversation at all? He was really carrying the so sport for a long time. Is he was in the goat conversation for the very a very long time, um, and then he pissed hot for PEDs, which is interesting oh. that they omit they pull Anderson, but a lot of times people still keep John Jones, mm-hmm. which is always interesting to me, right? And that's the only reason. That's the only difference because if it wasn't for that, yes, he lost. But it doesn't take away anything in his entire career now. Um, and a lot of people are going to we're talking, and I don't know if I, I, I wrote it down, but uh, a lot of people have been going back and forth, especially in the last couple of days, talking about the GOAT, right? There's been a big GOAT conversation. And um, especially after Khabib lost, John Jones lost his fucking mind on social media. <laughs> and dog, yo, first of all, yo, is that not the weakest shit? That is the, the most little dick energy thing I've ever seen from a champion. Like, that shit was trash. Insecure dog, insecure. Bro, like you can't give the man a minute. Just, I mean, first of all, for John Jones, talk about just the just. Yo, read the room. This man's father died because of COVID. He he retires at the top of his game, not because he really wants to, but because this is a promise to his mother. Like the way he just sliced through his t- last three opponents are three of the best the sport has ever had to offer, and he sliced through them boys. Like they were bums. It might as well have been my ass out there. He just goes out there and just drag these boys like it was nothing. And then he turns around. John Jones, your last three performances, your last performance, everybody thought you lost. Let's just keep it a bean. Though, you know, and you pissed piss hot multiple times. And then you've never dared to be great. And you've never in your 11 year career in the UFC you never jumped up to heavyweight and now you want to go ahead and do it come on man like Jones needs to relax but in terms of Anderson man come on man you look at a dude like him record of 34 and 11 champion in multiple organizations to vended his title 13 times in a row you have John Jones 14 title defenses or 14 titles because remember, he had a couple breaks in between because of PEDs and shit. Record of 26 and 1. You got Khabib, four title defensive, 28 and 0. But here's the difference in Khabib. He's never lost a round. He's never been cut, never been knocked down. That's pretty incredible. That doesn't happen. And then you have, last but not least, I think who you can have in this conversation. Well, Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse, but also George St. Pierre. 26 and 2, 10, 10, 10 title defenses. Look, sure, no, no consideration for Triple C? Fuck no. Not even. Just asking ca- casual not question. Not at all. Casual he's question. Not, he's, he's not even in the oh, conversation. Just a, 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 a quick side note. I thought this shit was fucking hilarious. Did you see John Jones chasing Buddy out of his house with a shotgun? Nigga, hold on. <laughs> Yo, okay, so for you who don't know, I guess somebody tried to break into John Jones's house not knowing it's John Jones, right? Yes, you're about to break into one of the greatest fighters of all time's homes, but not only is that, he's a lunatic. 
John Jones opens the garage door. Like like the Terminator. He opened the garage just standing there with a shotgun. (laughs) Standing there with a shotgun. Locked and loaded. And then shows his 4940 and takes off after Buddy. (laughs) And with the shotgun. (laughs) Fam, pure comedy. Yo, if you haven't seen it, please go on YouTube and check it out. Dog, what were you? Th- what's what's your thoughts on John Jones right now, man? John Jones is he needs to chill because he's like yeah. two seconds away from a DUI. We know it. Like he's two seconds from a DUI, pissing hot for weed or some shit. Like just man, chill. Again, get fo- get something crazy. Again. Get focused again before you fly too close to the sun. Because like your last couple performances haven't been amazing. Um, nice. You got you got this young gun coming for you, bro. You need to lock in. If you if you feel if you feel like you're if you feel like you're the goat, show me. Show me. I'm glad you brought this up because Dana White was recently asked what's going to happen with the 185 pound title. Robert Whitaker, your number one contender, just got a big win. He beat the number one contenders fight, Jared Cannonier. They ask Robert Whitaker, "Well, you're number one up. Do you want to fight the champ again in the rematch?" You, you took a bad L last time. Are you ready for this rematch? Robert Whitaker looked at the camera and said, I'm sorry, I just don't want the smoke right now. <laughs> I'm done. No, I'm not fighting him. So what did Dana White proceed to do? Dana White said, fine. Itzer Adesanya is officially moving up to 205 pounds and fighting Jan Blockowitz for Jan's 205-pound title, and it will be for Jan's first title defense. Now, sucks to be Jan. Sucks to be Jan. Because if you guys listen to the Fight Podcast, you guys have would have probably heard me say time and time again, not only is Israel the last stopbender, Adesanya, the best 185-pounder in the world. Oh, I, I, I listen to the podcast. I listen to the podcast. He's the best 205-pounder, too. There it is. Let them know. Let them know. He is. So they did this on purpose. And the UFC is brilliant in the way that they do certain things. And as much as we, we really do hate the way they do others. What's going to happen now is this. They set up the scenario for exactly what Adesanya said. He said, and John Jones was pissed. He said, you and I will fight summer 2021. International Fight Week, which is in July. Israel Adesanya is about to fight this fight probably the end of this year or early next year. Probably, they said, I think it's going to probably be February next year. Win that belt and then move up and fight again when July International Fight Week is when Adesanya said he's going to fight John Jones. That timeline seems like it is actually coming to fruition. And um, is, is this at light heavyweight they plan to fight? You can't expect Adesanya to fight a heavyweight. So he's fighting for the 205 pound belt. Um, Adesanya t- came out and said this if he's at heavyweight and he doesn't want to come back down to fight at light heavyweight, I will go to heavyweight and fight at. at Don't do that. Don't do that. He's undefeated at heavyweight, he has many fights at heavyweight. And that's the thing. <sighs> He has many fights. And that's it. There's certain guys' style who size to me doesn't matter. It's because, it's just say weight doesn't matter because he has the size. 
You're talking but, about a dude who is, if you can't get him on his back, it doesn't matter. But you, but you're you're a uh, you're a former fighter. That weight yeah. matters when you're talking about takedown attempts. Again, not if you're that tall and have that good takedown defense. It, it's one of those things that we forget. This he is a predominantly stand up guy. Everybody who's going to fight him, minus probably Curtis Blades, even at heavyweight, is going to need to stand with him at some point in time. You're going to stand with him, and nobody's a good enough grappler right now that they're just going to be able to run in and take him down. You're not. But if someone is a good enough grappler, wouldn't it be John Jones? No. He doesn't take anybody down like that anymore. He doesn't. I was like, what the fuck? He doesn't, like, yeah, he doesn't do that. He, he, ever since he broke his toe it, um, to Chael Sonnen, has to be about six years, five, six years ago now. He broke his toe to Chael Sonnen. His takedowns have gone down. And here's the problem with John Jones. And this is the thing. It's not that he can't take people down. Is that he doesn't control people on the ground in the same manner that he used to. He used to be able to control people on the ground and hold you there. If you've looked at his fights with guys who are 185ers coming up, we're talking about the Anthony Smiths of the world. We're talking about the Tiago Santos of the world. These are 85ers that moved up. He wasn't able to hold them down and control them. And now we're talking about the best of those guys coming up. He's not going to be able to hold him down and control him. If he's forced to stand with Adesanya, he gets knocked out. I mean, we'll so see. It, it's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not even seeing. I don't bet. I'll put money on that. That's how much like I'm willing to put a stack on that one. Like it's not even a question to me. Like that's how certain I am about that fight. I it's just so far away right now. I still want to see the we still have to see the fight with Jan Blockowitz. And yes, we expect Israel Adesanya to win, but that's why they yeah. fight the fights. That is why they fight the fights, man. But look, um, there's a lot of speculation and stuff going on. One thing that we can not speculate is that Deontay Wilder's losing his mind. Holy oh shit. So embarrassing. Uh, it's embarrassing for me personally. So look, I'm, I'm going to give the floor to you because you were the one that actually brought this up to me. But um, it seems as if Deontay Wilder is not done making excuses after his last uh, his last loss to Tyson Fury. He has uh, started off originally saying that it was because the the suit that he had on was too heavy. That was the first thing he said. Then he moves on and says that, you know, my man's gloves were wonky. Something was wrong with his gloves, which I am not denying. No, it was He said after that, he said it was egg weights. And now he is saying that his water was tainted. Bro, can you please explain to me what is going on with Deontay Wilder? Like, where's your team? Like, where is your team when you were coming out and saying all this wild ass shit? Now, granted, maybe. One, if, we, if we're going to be generous to Deontay Wilder, maybe one of these five, six different excuses is true. Maybe. But as a boxer, as a warrior, you consider yourself a warrior. One of the reasons you were so angry at Mark Breland is because he stopped the fight. I'm a warrior. I want to go out of my shield. Bro, you got to act like a warrior. And right now you're not. And this hurts me because I'm such a big Deontay Wilder fan. I know you are as well. And in the past, you know... Some of his words may be a little bit off kilter, but when he's getting those knockouts, his shit sounds a lot better. Now you took an L, you sounded like a real sore loser, and Tyson Fury's not giving you that third fight, which really none of us really need to see to begin with. You, you sound bad. 
You sound bad. It, it, just stop. Stop. It sounds like get back to get sucking. get back to training. Start start getting some knockouts. Get back to training. Get back in the ring. But stop talking. Because right now you are doing a lot of damage to a very good reputation that you built. Yes. A reputation that you've been able to keep even in a loss. But yes. the more you talk, the more you're losing us. And I just can't take it. I can't. Like, bro, and I, I'm I'm hitting you up like, bro, you you have got to be kidding me. Spiked water? When's it, when have we ever heard that shit? Dog, he blamed Mark Breland to spiking his water and working with Tyson Fury. Mark Breland, the only guy in this corner that actually gave a fuck about him and isn't a yes man, that Mark Breland. Yo, I, I to me, that's the, the most disturbing part about it. To sit here and just completely throw Breland under the bus, the only man in your corner that has any type of credibility, you throw him under the bus because he's not willing to just bow down and allow you to make a fool of yourself he to to protect you and your family and your kids he he he's he's willing to do that and uh do his job but you decided to get rid of him and now try to run his name through the mud because of some conspiracy theory like buddy you might as well be a QAnon person like what the fuck is wrong with you if like, i like it's crazy if i am mark breland look Mark Breland, likely, I'm not a fucking lawyer, but he likely he likely has what he needs for a defamation a, a defamation of character character case because number one, I mean, he has to have viable proof, which he doesn't have any proof that Mark Breland has done this. But Mark Breland has to be able to show loss of wages, and if Mark Breland has any difficulty getting it getting another job due to the comments regarding from Deontay Wilder now whether that will I, I, he, I he won't he won't but if he wanted to build a case it's not going to be hard to prove that hey this has affected my mark like the job market for me people now think that I'm yeah. associated with this and in reality I don't I don't think that's true but in front of a judge who 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 says that won't that won't pass now I, I don't think Mark Green look it could go that way but let's just hope that it doesn't have to go that route um I, I think more than anything else this just but like that that man is bad that man ain't been nothing but loyal to you. Nothing but loyal to you. Nothing but loyal to you, man. And I think all this does, like, I think you hit it on the head. It It, it is it's bad for the credibility of a Deontay Wilder. I think we look at him now. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm like, this is somebody who I've championed for a long time. And now I'm looking at him like he's a joke, like a complete joke. If he sat here and took this loss on the chin like a champ and was like, you know what, man? We got some work to do. I took an L, put it on himself, put the onus on himself from the very beginning and went out there. Even if all those things were true, even if you had a suit that was too fucking heavy, even if somebody gave you Spike Kool-Aid, whatever the hell the case may be. If he just went out there, shut the fuck up and did his job. And then like by now, knock somebody else out, we would be hype, hype for another fight. But instead of doing that, this dude is going out here making excuse after excuse and truly tarnishing his own name because nobody's looking at Tyson Fury in a negative way right now. We're all looking at Deontay Wilder like, what the fuck are you doing? It's terrible. It is terrible. And um, and at the, at the end of the day, what this does, it, it tarnishes Deontay Wilder's legacy just more than anything else. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, man. Um, and honestly, it's one of those things, even for myself, I, I, I generally don't even 
it, it's like I'm not even excited to see him compete at any point in time soon. It's one of those things for me. Like, I don't care if you compete at any point in time. If you do, I, I mean, I guess, cool. But if you don't, whatever, bro. Like, I, I generally don't care. Um, all right, man. Uh, let's move on from that one. Uh, any final thoughts on Wilder? Stop talking. Man, sure. <laughs> Shut up. up. Please stop talking. Um, all right, man. Let, let's go ahead and move into this. Uh, just before we get out of here but today, uh, anything you want us to, you want to talk about? Any points you want to bring up today? Yes, uh, I got a couple before we can before we go. Um, Jaime Munguia got a nice a nice knockout on Friday. Um, he split his face completely open. That was yeah. one of the scariest uppercuts. Pretty pretty decent performance from him. We saw the same gaps that we always saw. Maybe we saw a little bit more of a jab, but you know, more of the same with Jaime Munguia. They're going to keep matching him up against low level low level opposition until they can serve him up to Canelo or something for an all Mexico fight. That'll probably do some decent numbers. Uh, Devin Haney fighting this weekend. Something to look out for against Yuri Yerkescamboa. Um, so that's something you want to look out for on the zone. And last but not least, uh, prayers up for Adrian Bronner. It just looks like he's just continuing to spiral. It's getting out of control for him. Judge sent him to jail for contempt of court. And, you know, I never want to see a black man in prison. I'm sure it's probably Adrian Bronner's fault. But I mean, like, it, whether it's mental issues, which we know Adrian Bronner has struggled with or whatever the case may be, Prayers up for that man because it's getting bad, and you know I just want to. Maybe he doesn't get back in the in the ring, but I don't want to see him in prison. So prayers up for AB. But that's all from me, bro. All right, brother. Well, look, man. Yeah, prayers up for AB. I mean, obviously he's one of them dudes that seem like he might have been struggling for a little bit, uh, but it is what it is. But man, bro, it's, it's been great fights, man. It's been some great fights. It, it, there's been a lot of good stuff going on. There's a lot of good music out, man. A lot of good shit's been happening. Um, but before we get you out of here, uh, just any closing thoughts on the election today and just how, how you feeling, man? How you holding up? Hey, bro, I look, I've, I voted. Um, hang out with, probably hang out with some friends tonight for, you know, as long as I can until I have to go to sleep. But, you know, I did my, I did my part. I hope everybody has done their part. I'm not going to take on the stress of the election. But if you haven't voted, please get out there and vote. A voteless people is a hopeless people. So it's important that everybody use their voice. But, I, you know, I'm not going to take on the stress from the election. I get enough of that from my job or whatever the case may be. So, you know, um, you know, do your job. And there it is, man. No, 100 percent, man. Make sure you go out there and do your due diligence as an American. If you haven't already and go out there and vote. Uh, my brother B, it's good to have you back, man. I hope, I'm good. glad you enjoyed your birthday and everything. Good to be back, man. It feels good. I did enjoy my birthday back with a fresh mind and uh, ready to watch more boxing. Ready to watch more fights, man. Bring them on. There it is. Let's get it, man. Why, right, brother? Well, look, I appreciate you, bro. We'll talk to you next time on the show, man. Talk soon, my guy. See you soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Peace out, man. That was B Cam, man. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure having the man on the show, the guru uh, on the show, man. All right. Um, for those of us listening to the greatest combat sports culture in the entire universe thank you guys so much for joining me on the show i am your host the underground king serge vicente thank you to our guest b cam the guru for coming on the show today talked a lot of fun stuff man a lot of boxing um a lot of uh again mma that card itself was amazing if you haven't checked it out i believe it's definitely on espn plus still but a lot of fun um anderson silva it was sad to see him go out in the manner that he did, man. He has been a legend. He's truly one of the reasons why I began watching MMA. Um, being a a, a, tall, a long, thin striker, I think anybody who was skinny 
growing up, loved Anderson Silva. I was a skinny kid who was competing in combat sports, so I was a huge fan of Anderson Silva. And to see him go out like that, it, it, it sucks. It, it really hurt to see him go out in that manner. But I'm very happy for Uriah Hall because I'm a big fan of Uriah Hall. And I hope that this win catapults him uh, to, to something better for him in himself. And hopefully he gets a, a, a crack at that uh, 85 title, especially now that it seems that Adesanya it might be moving on to another weight class. All right, guys. Um, this has been episode 140, or I'm sorry, whoa, 140, 240 of the greatest combat sports coach show in the entire universe. I'm your host, Underground King. Shout out to our sponsors. Remember, Everlast, the Nug Club official, CBD Pure. Check them out. Promo code The Fight, and you'll get some money off right there. Check them out. Check out the website, thefightpodcast.com. Make sure you listen to us everywhere. Podcasting is available on YouTube as well, man. Um, Google Play, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff, man like subscribe share love you guys i'll see you guys next time right here on fight podcast yo put it right here make sure you go ahead and vote today do that